to yeah, but what's really going on? Where we scratch the surface of what we're saying and thinking to offer some insight into what's really going on. My name's Sarah, and as a transformational coach, I've seen the true magic of inner well-being, despite the human ability to convince otherwise. And I'm Martin, and I've been in the corporate world for 27 years, and I've always been interested in the people aspect of corporate life. I recently obtained a master's degree in workplace health and well-being, and I'm keen to explore the world of people further. So join us each week as we take a real subject that's popped up for us, and with an alternative take, get curious about what's really going on for all of us. So we haven't done one of these for a while. And there's Very true. been possibly a reason for it. And that's probably one of the things that we wanted to chat about today. I had a bit of a wobble. You did. One of the things that I did, which I never thought I would do this actually, is reached out and asked for help. And when yeah. I say wobble... I was feeling in a really low mood and the low mood didn't seem to be shifting. Mm-hmm. And I just felt the world was closing in on me. Lots of little individual things had happened. Silly on their own. I had my MacBook disaster where I spilt tea on it. I had a health scare where I had a running injury that became a groin injury that became a suspected hernia. I had a family I suppose issue mm-hmm. so a bit of a conflicting conversation going on around the family and I had a couple of business things happen so a couple of clients cancelled at the last minute in one fail swoop it seemed life just looked desperate and I noticed that I became very insular so rather than wandering around the flat I was wandering around the bedroom rather than wandering on the bedroom I was wandering on the, around the bed and I was sitting on the bed and spending a lot of time on the bed unable to move and thinking that that would be my life and all of these negative thoughts come spiraling in around well I might as well just quit I've got nothing going for me what am I going to do how am I going to feel tomorrow how do I feel today And it just became really desperate. And I think the only thing that occurred to me to do when that happened was to ask for help. And I think it was quite interesting about your response to that. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing because it's not funny. But um, I, I would also point out that there was also something going on with a very good friend of yours which we can't talk about because it's yeah. confidential but that was quite had quite an impact on you and so whilst yeah there were perhaps one or two things that were silly in inverted commas there were also two or three things that were going on which um if you hadn't attended to would have probably gotten worse uh, but the realization perhaps that you'd overstretched yourself and perhaps have become overwhelmed to a point where you hadn't realised it early enough that all these things were happening and combined they were big. Having said that, you did ask for help probably at a much earlier stage than, for example, when you did when, when you had your breakdown almost a couple of years ago now. Um, God, can you believe it's nearly two years ago? It was the right thing to do. My reaction was 
that your ask for help was that you needed some sort of professional help. Mm. And I immediately started racking my brain for two or three options that you might benefit from. You said something quite different, which was? I can't even remember what I said. What did I say? I said something like, I just, I need help from you. Yes, you said. Or I want you to see me. I don't need professional help right now. I need you to help me. Yeah, I need help from you. I need you to see me and I need to share what I'm going through with you. And I need you. Yeah. And I think that realisation for me and for you probably shocked both of us because it takes a bit of time for that to settle in and then you start going into the intellectual level of, God, I need to sort my diary out, I need to contact work, I need to do lots of doing. And I think just that instance of I need you to see me and I need you to notice and sit with me and acknowledge how I'm feeling right now almost had a bit of a a resting feeling on me that I've said this out loud yeah and it somehow makes it I wouldn't say it makes it okay but it just it gives it a voice and I think it also it goes back to that old adage of a problem shared is a problem halved yeah I have to say that I think it was a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, it was, Thursday, it it was a yeah. Thursday, Thursday lunchtime, early afternoon. I would say within an hour or so, I'd asked my boss about it. And I just said, I need some time off at really short notice to help Sarah. She's struggling with her mental health. And my boss was brilliant. She was like, go now. Um, we'll cover you. Let us know if there's anything really critical. But other than that, we'll just do some stuff. I actually did a bit of what you did, I think, on reflection in the moment, which was I asked for help from lots of people at work. I put on my email out of office that I was leaving work at short notice to help my wife who was struggling with her mental health. I cancelled some meetings at very short notice and a couple of sessions. My boss helped out with one and and another colleague helped me out with another one. The amazing thing about that was the amount of support and positivity that came from me being honest about my situation you know we've all seen it happen at work somebody steps away at very short notice but with no explanation yeah and unsurprisingly we all have a good gossip and speculation about it and so i was gratified by the fact that I'd been so open with myself as much as anything, but was relieved, surprised that it was such an overwhelming positive response Mm. about it by you calling it in the moment that you needed some help and me being able to step away from work, which is a tribute to both my boss and my business that I could do that. Mm. Something I want to say was nipped in the bud. And I don't I don't want that to sound like yeah. it was a split second moment where everything was okay, but those first 36, 48 hours were 
really, really critical in terms of being there and being able to deal with the situation as it was. And as a result of that, it got better a lot more quickly. Yeah. But if we hadn't have done that, or if you hadn't have done that, it could have gotten a lot worse very quickly as well, to the point where those professional services might have had to kick in. Mm. Well done. I'm really proud of you for having the courage to speak up because it can't have been easy. And as a result, you know, a couple of weeks later, we can sit here and have a, a very, very normal chat about it. And your powers of recovery were such that I went back to work on the Tuesday, I think. Yeah. And I had no concerns about going back on the Tuesday. Now, I say go back to work. I went into the, the, the next room because I'm working from home five days a week. It was a relief to me that I could go back to work as planned, but also I had no hesitation because I knew at that point we'd had the conversations, we'd discussed it, sat with it, worked through it, and um, and as a result was a short, sharp reminder of what can happen if you don't take care of your mental health and what can happen potentially when you do ask for help early that yeah. it will come and, and as a result was an incredibly positive experience i think for everyone concerned yeah i think there was two things for me the the, the first thing was beating myself up over the head with a very sharp stick about well, I've been here before, I've got a level of understanding about human beings and how they work. Why have I fallen for this again? Why have I tripped over myself and I'm down in the depths of despair and I've, I mustn't be doing life right, I mustn't be doing well, I mustn't yeah. be the strong, positive, always thinking, well, detached, I only think good thoughts over bad human being. And I, first of all, well, I feel bad. I can't feel bad. The fact that I feel bad and I shouldn't, and I'm okay feeling bad, that doesn't help because right now I feel bad and the bad feeling feels really bad. And the fact that all feelings are equal doesn't help me right now. I just feel shit. And the more I thought about feeling shit, the shitter I felt. And I also then started beating myself up over the head about the fact that I couldn't feel anything but shit and couldn't get myself out of it and so it was almost like self-flagellation yeah. and then the other thing that I noticed was that the the time element against low mood which was any kind of decision making or any kind of thinking that I was doing when I was in a low mood I was taking that incredibly seriously so when my mood was low, which it was for a number of days, I was taking anything that I thought during that time to be true. Mm. Gospel truth, absolute mm. truth. So low mood, well, you're obviously a, a shit coach because two people have cancelled. Okay, well, I believe that because it cancelled, it must be me. And on the other side of it, when you start to just rest 
in a feeling. You realize that you are not that feeling. You are just feeling that feeling. And that feeling is as long and as stretched out as you allow it to be. And you may feel that feeling for days. Who gets to say how long you feel stuff for? Yeah, it's, yeah low, low mood, if I may use that phrase, yeah. has tremendous elasticity. <laughs> you know, when, just when you think you couldn't feel any lower, it has this amazing ability to go, oh, no, I think there's a bit more. I here. think there's a bit more to I go. Think just adding a couple more bits to make you feel even more shit. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this. Now, now there's been a bit of, bit of <clears throat> space and time since since it happened. Any reflections on why or what made you ask for help at that moment? My natural wisdom kicked in. My self before what I think of me. So in that moment, I knew that I wasn't depressed and anxious and on the verge of another nervous breakdown and I might just go into the bathroom and do something silly. Before any of that kicked in, there was a sense that my natural knowing just said, hang on a minute, you need to take your foot off the gas and you need to sit with it with somebody that loves you dearly and sees you and is with you and is the same as you and you need to just sit with it, be it and be you and be the you before all of the horribleness going on because it's like there's nothing more for us to know than we don't know already. There's nothing more really to learn that we haven't known about ourselves and learned about ourselves already. And it's just the more we seem to stretch away from oh, we need to learn more about fixing low mood or we need to learn more about fixing ill health or anything like that. The more it stretches us somehow away from everything that we already know. So why do we struggle so much as humans to ask for help when we don't feel great? I don't know, because it probably doesn't occur to us to do so, because we think that we're somehow weak, weak for being human, weak for having low mood, weak for having fluctuating mood, feelings, thoughts. Yeah, if, if I think it, it's classic vulnerability, seeing vulnerability as weakness and not wanting to ask for help because you feel ashamed or you feel you think you can power through it yeah or or, or, or on, on the flip side your the uh, stubbornness for the better word kicks in and you think it'll go mm. yeah it can't last and it does last and we end up with a scenario where you know you've ended up digging yourself, digging yourself quite a big hole and all of a sudden mm. you know it is going to take a ladder dropped into the hole in order to get you out you know so it's a massive thing still that the stigma around this very broad subject matter we call mental health still holds 
a huge amount of reticence for people. They're just reluctant mm. to say, not feeling great. Yeah. And again, possibly fear of the response from whoever they've said it to, who historically and traditionally, come on, it'll be all right. <laughs> just pull yourself together. Yeah. You know, that, that, just like we used it earlier, you know, let's just power through it. Yeah. We'll get through it. Come on. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm sure we will. Think but in order to do that, <laughs> yeah, in order to do that, you first have to acknowledge and sit with it and say, this is what low mood feels like. Mm. Let me just try it on for a bit longer. Realise what it feels like so that when it comes along again yeah. and I tell that trusted friend that I'm struggling and they go, OK, let's sit with it for a bit. Let, let me know what I can do to help. And yeah. you didn't ask for anything more than broadly for me to sit next to you. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like you asked for any more. You just asked for my time yeah. and my attention, I suppose. Having the courage to speak out is so incredibly important. Yeah, and I think even me knowing that is, again, that inner knowing, that inner wisdom that I've talked about before, knowing that all I needed in that moment was for you to sit there and hold my hand. Yeah. And we did say about, well, what comes next? I didn't have a clue what was coming next because I didn't, I was so absorbed in low mood yeah. and low feeling that I couldn't even fathom what came next. All I needed was just right now, just sit on the bed and hold my hand. And that was in it. That mm. was it. And then you obviously beat yourself up. Oh, my God, I'm not doing anything to get myself out of this. This is somehow bad. Why am I here again? And then it's like, OK, let's go for a walk. Let's walk around the park. And I probably spent three quarters of that walk in tears. Yep. And you did. We were talking and not talking and some of the stuff that I was saying was probably nonsensical and irrational, but all I wanted you to do was walk beside me and hold my hand, yep. which you did. And I heard what you said before about the reluctance uh, to speak out. I call it the spade of comparison. I don't like that phrase at all. Phrase at all don't you like no, it? No. <laughs> Well, that's feel like something's going to whack you. But the way what looks real to me and how I see it and in, in, in how I understand it is that sometimes we carry around this this really heavy spade and we use it as a bit of a comparison tool. So if if we think one way and we think like I think that this is a Sarah problem, Sarah's depressed, Sarah's anxious, Sarah's in low mood, and I'm carrying around my spade, this is Sarah's spade, and I'm digging my holes all over the place and using my ladders to get myself out of them and then dodging potholes and digging more holes. When I see the clarity and the space and the, the, the I suppose, the comfort that all I'm doing is... I'm a human being having a human experience and we're all susceptible to fluctuating moods. I can realise that I can drop the spade. I don't need to carry it around anymore because it's not me comparing myself to others. It's just we're all in this together. We're all human beings yeah. and we're all 
available to each other at any given time. And I think that's what I saw. You were no better or worse than me. But at that moment, I needed you to stand beside me and share in Mm. the human experience that I was having at that moment. And I can sob and I can cry and I can be in the world's worst of pain. But you looking back at me and my eyes reflecting back in yours, there has to be a sense that there's no immediate concern because you know that I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I do think that you mentioned about people being susceptible to low mood and all that sort of stuff. I don't think I don't think susceptibility comes into it. I think we all experience Mm. low mood and high mood situation. We all experience. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably the word was probably. Yeah, um, we all experience the. Oh, isn't this great? I feel amazing, and at the other end of the scale. God, I don't, I don't feel great at all today. I don't see mm. this changing. But also everything else in between. I think we underestimate the power of neutrality in so much as there's nothing much particularly going on either at the top end or the bottom end, but that's a good thing because it probably means that you are learning to balance yeah. fluctuations in mood. In thought, yeah. Yeah. I, I did know that you were going to be okay, but that first hour or two mm. after you said it to me, I couldn't help but think about what happened in July 2019. And I couldn't help think, oh God, where is this going to go? But like you say, just sitting down in the bed and being there and whether there was conversation going on or there wasn't conversation going on, and i.e. it was silent, shared space though the yeah, shared appreciation of exactly our... a safe shared space yeah. was was critical the decision to head out for a walk and then what we did was a walk that we do i would say on average three or four times a week mm. and we've done that every week probably in lockdown <laughs> so we've done that walk i don't know 150 mm. 200 times and again i think it found us in a place where we could do some really simple things like continue the conversation outside in the fresh air it made a huge amount of difference just Mm. doing something slightly differently i.e being outside rather than inside and i think you made a good point about feeling it i think one of the things that and i talked about this earlier about feeling stuff it's like almost we try and stop ourselves from feeling stuff that feels bad it's almost like if I'm feeling bad, then that must feel mean that I'm bad. I need to stop feeling yeah. the way I'm feeling right now or I need to somehow manipulate it so it doesn't feel that way. And you also talked about neutrality. And I think one of the things that I've come to see is that there's a certain neutrality to everything. It's just the meaning that becomes attached to it that makes that neutrality either positive or negative. It's like... Who's to say that anything that we feel or think is either good or bad, better or worse, here or there? Yeah. And who's to say that any mood that I'm in has to last 3.4 minutes or 3.4 hours or 5.8 hours or three, four, five days? days or weeks, yeah. And I would say, given the time that's lapsed between when I felt worse that I felt to now, I feel that I'm still a little bit 
on the wobbly side. I don't feel I'm firing on all cylinders. I don't feel particularly positive and like way about life. But I think the difference in now to then is that I've got a certain level of acceptance about that. Yeah. That there's something else working that's going to allow me to see things a little bit clearer when that moment arrives. And I don't know what I don't know, but I know what I do know. And I know that despite what I think, somewhere, sometime, I'm going to be okay. Mm. And all I've done is forgotten that. I've forgotten that I'm going to be okay. And that's all that's going on. I've just yeah. forgotten it. And yeah, it doesn't help, believe me, because even they say, oh, I've just forgotten it. That sounds a bit glib. It feels like shit. It really doesn't. It hurts so bad and it makes you feel despairing and you keep yourself awake at night trying to fathom it out and figure it out. But one of the things that I've seen is that just the ability to appreciate the scale of human emotion is a a step forward and just the ability to hang around in the state of fluctuating mood is a an absolute step forward in terms of seeing mental health for what it is yeah and also for people to for all of us to see that a fluctuating mood and our experience over the course of a day or a week or a month it's just simply a case of acknowledging that that is normal. And that's what I mean by normal. It's like, it's when, like when it's when, okay yeah, yeah. if you have that's low mood is. or negative mm. thoughts. Likewise, it's okay if you have positive thoughts because sometimes we can get carried away thinking our positive thoughts are too great. And then something comes along which isn't a big deal and it feels like it's knocked the wind out of our sails. And so, when people let go of that, because I think quite often we exert a huge amount of energy trying to stop the negative thoughts. I, go, I must stop the negative thoughts. I've got yeah. to stop thinking like this. Yeah. As opposed to, why am I not just, not just letting go yeah. of this thought and knowing that there is one going to be coming up, another one is going to be coming along very, very shortly given there's 50 or 60,000 thoughts a day that we're all getting. If somebody said to you, keep an eye on 50 to 60,000 buses outside <laughs> on a daily basis, you'd be like, I can't do that. I can't keep up with that. Or 50, 60,000 cars on a motorway. Can you just make sure that you, like, let me know when you get to the point where you've seen 60,000 cars, you go, I can't do that. I can't, my brain can't cope with that. Exactly. But you know there's always going to be cars on the motorway. There's always going to be cars on the motorway. And, and there's always going to be another thought that comes along that will change your perspective on things. And the reason why we suffer unnecessarily is because we attach ourselves to those thoughts, we, we give meaning to them, and we then start wrestling with them. And wrestling is a physical sport. As I am finding working from home five days a week in a very privileged place. 
Monday morning, quite recently, mm. I've noticed the last few Mondays, mornings are a bit of a bit of a grind. Yeah. And then the afternoons are better. I'm I'm reasonably well prepared at that point to go, I don't need to worry about this because Monday afternoon is probably going to bring something better. It doesn't bring the same thing. It just brings something better. And that better is knowing that it's something different to what came before. And that's just thought occurring, as you quite eloquently put to me, on but a daily basis. It is. It's, it's not Monday morning grind and it's not Monday afternoon feeling better. It's just all it is is fluctuating mood. It could yeah. be the other way around. It could have happened a thousand times in between yeah. Monday morning and Monday afternoon. It's um, just you know, entirely... low mood, low yeah. mood, low mood, low mood, medium mood, high mood, high mood, high mood, low mood, medium mood, low mood, medium mood, yeah. medium, 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 low, high, 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 low. That's what it's like. Yeah. And if you try, if you said, could you make a note of all the thoughts you've had today? You'd be like, I ain't got a book big enough. Yeah. But sometimes we try so desperately hard to do that mentally, yeah. and it is exhausting thought makes sometimes makes sense sometimes doesn't sometimes doesn't yeah and i think i just wanted to say something that you you brought up about normal given the response that you had from your work oh it's great that you've come out with this it's great that you've been so honest it's great that in a way it's like why is it great and I, and I get the, the compassion and the empathy, yeah. but almost why is this great? Why is it great to talk honestly and openly about fluctuating mood, yeah. mental health, the fact that I, I have experienced the world in a way where I am so far away from what looks real to me, or what, oh, sorry, what looks real. And what looks real to me is so far away from what's true. And that's all I'm doing. That's what that's all everybody does all of the time. It's great you've talked about. It. Well, why is it great? It's just yeah. My 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 simple answer to it because historically yeah. it's been taboo in yeah. society to demonstrate perceived weakness. Yeah. I feel depressed. People go, what well, they do one or two things. I think they either say, pull yourself together, get a grip. <laughs> Yeah. Or they'd probably give you a wide berth. They'd avoid you. Yeah. But without knowing that they feel the same way too. That Bringing it back around to what we first talked about at the start, that is the point where you ask for help. All, all that's required is a small amount of help. It's sometimes just knowing, the knowing that someone is there to listen to you non-judgmentally. It's just going to sit with you. And it's just reaching out and saying I recognize that I've wandered away from yeah. me I've just I'm, I've lost, lost my way for a bit I've lost my way for a bit mm. so just sit with me until I come back yeah and we always come back we always find that ability to just come back to ourselves because we talk about neutrality life is neutral for a lot of the time it's just mm. personal thinking that gets in the way to make it yeah so emotive whether that be good or bad and there's a freedom in neutrality 
sounds boring, but it yeah, is really quite. But, but there's a there's a, a there's an emotive energizing. There's an emotive, restrictive, very small way when we allow feeling and emotion to take over. Whereas if you look at it from a, a neutrality perspective, it has a lot more freedom attached to yeah, it. Yeah, because you know, I'm always I'm always wary of people who say I'm a really positive per- person. I'm I'm such a positive person. I don't let things get to me. I just look at that and go, I can smell some here, <laughs> and it's bullshit. In the same way that it takes a lot of energy to try and stop negative thoughts, it also takes a lot of energy to try and sustain a positive thought, which is no more fleeting than a negative thought. It can be detrimental if you think that it is sustainable to operate up at that high end of, I'm going to say euphoria. And that, that that's not achievable either. But you will be there sometimes and you will be in the negative area sometimes. But that neutrality of managing the ebb and flow and the balance of that is why neutrality is such an inviting location. And as long as we recognise that that neutrality is the sweet spot when it comes to how we take care of ourselves through our thinking and mm. what that means for our mental health, the better off we would be. Yeah, I think talking about exhaustion, it's tiring to live a life up in the noise. In that wisdom that we all have available to us, the wisdom that I touched into when I just said, look, I need to sit down and hold my hand for a minute and that's enough right now that had attached to it a level of calm and peace and truth to it yeah if you ask somebody to deliver a a brilliant high energy speech for 10 minutes they would look at that and go that's doable if you then then said great speech 10 minutes of absolute high energy brilliant next week what i want you to do is to do the same thing for four hours person will go i don't think that's possible i'd really struggle to do that they might give it a go and they would exert so much energy and we need to recognize that the highs and the lows are real the neutrals are real and all of those kings combined create what we call the human experience Mm. and the human experience is best enjoyed and best lived when you embrace all of those things equally without attaching more significance to one than the other well, I'm glad you were there for me anyway. I'm, I'm glad I was there too. It was a relief. None of us want to revisit what happened a couple of years ago, but if that had been the case, then we would have dealt with it, wouldn't we? Yeah, and I'm glad to be back doing these as well after yeah. a bit of a break. So. Yeah, it was the right thing to do, to take Good a break job. from it. Um, we needed to step away and um, we're back. A bit deep, but a good conversation. <laughs> good conversation. And you know, ultimately, if you're struggling with something, ask for help. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and um, we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Take yeah, care. I look forward to speaking to you too. Much love.